You did it. You had your baby, and then you birthed your placenta. Now what should you do with it? Should I have my provider whisk it away to the pathology lab, or should I consider taking it home and consuming it? Should I eat my placenta? I'm Nova Conti, Certified Placenta Encapsulation Specialist, Certified Postpartum Doula, and Certified Lactation Counselor, and you're listening to Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here! So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton. I'm also a certified birth doula, postpartum doula, VBAC coach, and owner of In-Due Season Doula Services. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to our show through iTunes so you automatically get new episodes when they're released. Sunny's here to tell us about other ways you can participate in our new show. All right. Hi, everybody. So we have different segments that you guys can get involved with because we love our listeners to be part of our shows. So one segment is called Ask the Experts. So whatever questions you have related to having a newborn and caring for your newborn or perhaps, you know, you're going through some things postpartum that you have questions on, we have a whole team of experts that can answer your questions for you. So we'll take your question, we'll pair it with an expert, and then we'll get that question answered and we'll put it on an upcoming episode. Of course, we'd love to hear from our listeners in other ways too if you have story ideas since the show just launched we are looking for story ideas episode ideas so let us know the type of topics that you want to learn more about and we'll get them scheduled for a future episode Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. newbies so on our facebook page we have been asking you guys to share your birth stories and i know everyone has a different birth story and sometimes they can be kind of long so we've created a segment called five minute birth stories and we would love for you guys to submit to it and we have um one submission today and this is from Teresa from houston and i love Teresa. i love that you called our voicemail because we can actually hear your voice and you can tell your own story and Teresa actually has a pretty pretty cool story about her daughter that was born and um actually had the umbilical cord wrapped around her neck. So here's Teresa. Hello, my name is Teresa Pinkerton. I'm from Houston, Texas, the United States. I was calling in response to a Facebook post about the new mommy stories. Um, During my birth, my daughter was born with the umbilical cord wrapped around her neck three times, and she was not breathing when she came out. They did CPR on her for 10 minutes before I heard a sound come out of my child. They finally saved my child, and she is a wonderful addition to my family, the very last puzzle piece. 
she is now two and a half years old and is an amazing part of my life and my children's life. Her name is Phoenix Lane, and she is amazing. Again, Teresa, thanks so much for sending that in. And if you're a mama listening to this and say, you know, I have I have a personal story I would like to share, we would love to hear from you guys. And the best way to share it, I think, is via voicemail. So that number to call is 619-866-4775. It'll go straight to voicemail. You don't have to talk to anyone. And just in five minutes or less, you can share your whole birth story, if you can squeeze it in five minutes, or a portion of it that was really important to you, something that's encouraging and um, can help other mamas out there. So again, thanks so much, and we hope to hear from you guys soon. Today on Newbies, we're discussing should you or should you not eat your placenta? Joining us today is Nova Conti, who is a certified placenta encapsulation specialist and owner of Womb Service in San Diego, California. Thanks so much for joining us, Nova, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Nova, first of all, what is the placenta? Well, actually, the placenta is so interesting. It's the only time that we as humans actually grow an additional organ for a certain period of time. And then when our body is done using it, actually releases that organ. So um, the placenta is an organ that is con- that connects the fetus to the uterine wall and supplies um, oxygen, nutrients, um, all, all to the fetus through the blood, uh, traveling down the umbilical cord, of course, connecting at the belly, the baby's belly button. Um, the placenta also produces and regulates all of the hormones through pregnancy. And what typically happens to the placenta after the baby's born? Uh, usually the placenta, um, it, the doctor or midwife does do a quick exam, um, kind of going over the placenta to make sure that it looks healthy, but mostly making sure that the placenta did come out either completely or intact, making sure that there are no pieces left over in the uterus. If they do see that there are pieces left over, they might um, go in and, to the uterus and and um, retrieve them and possibly use an, an ultrasound to make sure that the uterine wall is completely clear and, and empty. And can you tell us a little bit of the history of placenta consumption and what methods are available to moms to consume their placenta? Um, it's interesting. We have um, a lot of um, evidence that um, different cultures, people from, from Egypt and Jerusalem, way, way back um, started con- consuming their placenta, of course, in in not in encapsulation form, but in, in raw form. Um, it's definitely been historically popular in traditional Chinese medicine. Um, so lots of lots of cultures um, have used their placenta for centuries. Um, in the 1970s, it became really popular in the United States, popularized by midwives and other alternative health practitioners. And certainly in the last five years, it's um, gained a lot of popularity, partly attributed to um, certain celebrities that have consumed, um, Kim Kardashian, January Jones, Alicia Silverstone. Um, So it's been really interesting. And then moms um, really just talking about their experience with consuming their placenta. So that's kind of a little bit of the history, especially in, in the United States. How, how do people typically consume it? What's, what's a common way that people will consume their placenta? As far as the different methods of consumptions to mom, um, you can actually eat part of the placenta raw just right after the birth. Um, the maternal side is mostly just meat, so you're able to actually just pick parts off 
of the placenta of fresh meat and either put it in your mouth and chew it and swallow it or um, have it immediately after birth as a smoothie. Of course, there's the placenta encapsulation, which is basically cleaning and dehydrating the placenta meat and um, grinding it up into a fine powder and placing it into capsules. And then also um, there are placenta tinctures available, which is basically suspending the placenta in um, a high grade of alcohol and essentially fermenting the placenta in the alcohol for long-term use. So Kristen, I know that you do the placenta encapsulation now, but did you actually try it before? Did you go through this whole process as a client or patient before you actually did it on your own for other mamas? (laughs) I didn't. In in all honesty, the first time I heard about this, I thought it was absolutely gross. And that was... (laughs) Just where I was at in my journey. And then by the time I got to baby number three, I actually had someone offer not to do it for free, but, you know, offer it as a service. And I thought, well, it's kind of pricey and I don't really need that. Um, And then I ended up having horrible postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. Um, So when I started talking to women who had had it done, I thought, hmm, there might be something to this. And then I made the decision to start offering it as a service. And then I really got some positive feedback. I kind of kick myself for not um, trying it, but I'm hoping people will benefit from my wisdom, which is <laughs> to just at least try it. Just take it home with you because once it's gone, it's gone. But I mean, worst case scenario, you bury it under your tree or you right. or you hire someone and you and get it encapsulated three months postpartum. You know? Right, right. So yeah, definitely give yourself the luxury of making that decision before it's made for you. Yeah, especially if you're kind of on the fence. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Because you never know. I mean, if you start to feel that postpartum depression or the baby blues or whatever right there in the beginning, you may decide that may be the deciding factor. You may want to see, hey, how do I feel, you mm-hmm. know, after my baby comes? Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, and then maybe I maybe I do it. Maybe I don't. But like you said, if you don't have the if you don't have the placenta, you don't have the option. And the, the hospitals love to like whisk those things away. They're quickly. gone in 30 seconds. Yeah. And it's like, like you it said, has feet and walks away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it totally does. And it's it is. It's that biohazard. Yeah, it is. Yeah. They put in that scary biohazard bag right. sometimes for us. And capsules we're picking up and it's like really (gasps) are you serious yeah it's a little excessive Um, but yeah but um you you had yours done didn't you I did I had it done with my second so I've got four kids and um with my first though um I don't know if it was officially postpartum depression I don't really know what it was because it was my first baby and I really don't know what to expect but I really just wasn't feeling good afterward and I had some postpartum issues in general just you know from having the baby and I needed a couple surgeries afterward because I kind of got messed up. Anyways, so there was a lot emotionally going on with me. And so I don't know if, if, if it was, you know, triggered by that or whatever, but I just was not feeling right. And I think my son was, you know, three or four months and I still, you know, really wasn't feeling right. And I wasn't able to really exercise and do the stuff that I would normally do to feel better. And so, um, you know, even, even through doing these shows, I started to learn more and more about it. And I was, I was kind of grossed out by it too because it just sounds really weird honestly Um, until you really start to learn more about it and know that we are the only mammals that don't actually eat their placentas normally right Um, and then it starts to make a little bit more sense if you can get over that hump of oh my gosh you know, looking at pictures, don't Google placentas necessarily online and just stare at pictures. Unless, unless you actually appreciate how amazing <laughs> yes. they are. But, but yes. there's also cultures that right. do right. it on a regular basis. So, I mean, it kind of is a Western civilization right. thing to not in- 
consume your placenta. It is. So. It totally is. You know, whether – I know we're going to talk about this in, in, you know, the second half, whether it was, you know, truly helping me or placebo or whatever. Like, I I can say that I did not feel that after having my second son, that I felt totally – I felt a lot better and um, was definitely definitely an improvement for me. So I feel like it worked. Um, I think that has value in and of itself. Right. I mean, who really cares what prompted it as long as you feel better? Yep, absolutely. Yep. So what are the benefits of placenta encapsulation? The main benefits that moms are are hoping for, um, I have found, is mostly stabilizing um, hormones after birth. So the placenta is kind of what is governing all of the hormones um, during your pregnancy. So you kind of have like 10 months to for all of these hormone levels to elevate and then very quickly as you birth the placenta those hormone levels drop so that's a really big um, adjustment for moms to kind of go through so reintroducing those hormones can really help stabilize the mom's mood which is uh, probably the most intriguing one for dads when they hear that because everybody <laughs> wants a, a mama who is feeling really good and balanced um, it can actually also ward off the baby blues and, and postpartum depression postpartum anxiety it uh, Um, The placenta um, can support healthy lactation, milk quality. It can replenish nutrients, um, vitamins, iron. So mom um, is feeling more energized and and stronger. Um, It can help um, expedite her recovery, help her uterus shrink down faster, and can help kind of um, ward against fatigue. Yeah, and we all know new moms are really, really tired. Absolutely, <laughs> That's yeah. Like a, I, I want some of that, <laughs> even as a toddler mom. What are the different encapsulation methods? So uh, the different en- there are two main methods. There are uh, there's the raw method, and there is the basic heated method, which is sometimes. Um, called the traditional Chinese medicine method. Um, I I don't like to call it traditional Chinese medicine because I'm not a doctor of Chinese medicine, but it's inspired by traditional Chinese medicine. So um, again, the first step to encapsulation would be draining the, cleaning the placenta and draining the placenta of um, most of all the blood. Um, And if you were to choose the raw method, um, you would, Basically, I would cut up the placenta in very small pieces and then go straight to dehydration. Um, And with the basic heated method, um, after uh, draining the blood, there would be an extra step of steaming, like a gentle steaming of the placenta. Um, In the water, we normally use organic lemon, organic ginger, and organic pepper. And those three things are are thought to kind of bring out the properties of of the placenta, again, inspired by traditional Chinese medicine. Um, And then uh, after it's steamed, you would uh, slice it up into small pieces and then dehydrate it completely. So now what would be the reason why a mom would choose one method over the other? That's a really good question. I'm I'm very pro uh, heated. Um, I I feel like it's m- more appropriate for more mamas. Um, the raw method is not necessarily available for for all moms. It kind of is dependent on what kind of a birth that she's had. There's some times where the raw method is not appropriate, and um, the steaming would be appropriate. Um, I I try and find out if a little bit. Um, from the mom, how sen- how sensitive she is to like um, 
stimulants, although there's not like a any caffeine in the placenta a lot, it can kind of have that energetic effect on moms. Um, if a mom is susceptible to, or pro- I should say prone to anxiety, the raw method wouldn't necessarily be a great choice for her. It can kind of have a different effect instead of having her feel more um, more calm and more stable, she can actually even feel more anxious. Okay, and so what would make a mom want to choose the traditional Chinese method? Is there a different in the benefits as far as like milk supply or mood, you know, you know changing your mood or I feel like the benefits of um, the basic heated method, it, it helps to tonify the placenta and the, the effects are a little bit more dispersed rather than kind of like a big hit of espresso. Moms are kind of feeling the effects for a little bit longer and a little bit, bit, a little bit less intensely. And is the amount of pills that you get from each method about the same, or is there a difference in the yield between the two methods? The raw method actually does have a slightly higher yield, which is a little bit enticing to moms. Um, You know, having more capsules must mean like, um, you know, a better value for the money, right? But um, I find that moms are happier with the, the basic heated method. How many capsules can you typically get? I know everybody's placenta is different, but is there kind of a ballpark of how many capsules you can get out of one? Yeah, and this is like kind of where the birth nerd comes out again. <laughs> uh, we like the birth nerd. Oh, I love it too. Um, so I kind of I generally say it's usually about 130 to 180 capsules per placenta. The placenta weighs about one sixth of the baby, um, of the baby's weight um, on on average. Um, so. Um, if you were to have like a six pound baby, you're looking kind of more like the 130 range and an eight pound baby, you're looking at like a 175, 180 range. It's about like 20 to 22 capsules per pound of baby. Okay. But some, you know, it, it it's not always like that across the board, but um, sometimes vegetarian moms have a little bit smaller placenta and moms like that have um, gestational diabetes can have really big placentas. Mm. So, I mean, I, it's just kind of like a cut of meat. So I never know what I'm going to pick up from the hospital <laughs> and I'm not the one growing it, but I'm always really excited when I see a giant yeah. placenta because that means like that mom's going to get a lot of capsules and I'm happy for her. And then, and then for the mom who's taking the pills, how many pills do you t- typically take at once and, you know, do you take multiple pills per day or how does that work? Mm-hmm. Well, I think every encapsula- encapsulation specialist might have a, a slightly different suggested dose. It's not a medication or a prescription, right. um, but I do kind of have like a general suggestion on how to use the, the placenta pill. So um, we talked about kind of the placenta, how um, you know it's been regulating and governing your hormones for 10 months. And so um, you know, the hormone levels are at an all-time high when that mom gives birth, right? And so um, when she releases her placenta, um, we, what we try and do is encapsulate right away. So it's kind of locking in the potency, right, as fresh as possible. And when the mom um, starts taking her pills, usually the placenta is ready the next, the very next day. Um, we try and get it back to her. Um, the mom is taking um, the, the first week, the suggestion is two capsules three times a day. Um, so 
two in the morning, two in the afternoon, two in the evening for the first seven days. And then it kind of goes down from there. The second week, it's two capsules twice a day. And the third week, it goes down to one capsule twice a day. And I kind of, I tell moms, like on the fourth week, just try like one capsule in the morning. And if she's having a harder time that day, um, then maybe a second second capsule in the afternoon. Okay. So, so she can ju- kind of go off how she feels. She can. She can adjust, um, you know, to if she's feeling really good, if she wants to take less, or if she is a little bit more sensitive, if she doesn't want to take as much, or if she had a really, really bad hemorrhage from birth, she might want to take more in the first couple of days to kind of um, build up that blood and build up the iron. It, I mean, it kind of is is very conditional. Again, it's not um, a, a medication or a prescription. There's just a kind of like a general suggestion. When we come back, we will continue our discussion about whether or not eating your placenta is right for you. We'll be right back. Nova, can you describe some of the process of the encapsulation method in more detail for our listeners? So the first thing that I do um, is uh, I I do my own very thorough examination of the placenta. If a mom does request it, I I like to take pictures and video so she can really kind of wrap her mind around how this organ has worked for her and for her baby. The first thing I do is I drain the placenta of all the the blood, so there are a lot of veins which... um, obviously contain the blood that nourish the baby. So blood isn't something that our bodies can um, digest very well. So I'm draining the blood of the placenta. um, And depending on the different method that the mom has chosen, um, I I also steam the placenta, um, steaming um, the placenta with organic lemon, organic ginger, and organic pepper. And then after it's steamed, I slice it up into very small pieces and dehydrate it completely. So I'm not really cooking it, but removing, extracting all of the moisture, similar to if you are making beef jerky. Um, So once it's completely dehydrated, I grind the placenta up into a very, very fine powder and place the powder into capsules. Wow, that sounds like a lot of work. How long does that usually take, Nova, to do that whole process? Uh, Aside from the pickup of the placenta and delivery of the placenta. It's usually about an hour's worth of work on the front end, approximately 12 hours of dehydration, and then about an hour's worth of work on the back end, grinding it up into a, a fine powder and placing it into capsules. And there is an additional... I would say hours worth of work that's kind of like a hazmat situation cleanup, (laughs) which is the least glamorous part, but really, really the most important part. So um, I would say about three hours of active work per placenta. I love the fact that you take pictures and video of it, too, because that's something that I would be really curious about. You know, what what did it really look like? Because you don't, as a mom, you don't get to see it before it's whisked off, usually. Well, I guess it depends on what kind of birth you have. But if you're in a hospital, you know, or if it's a cesarean kind of thing, you don't get to see it. So I'm, that's really awesome feature that you mm-hmm. offer moms. I love that. Right. A lot of moms that, that call me, um, they're... They don't even really know what to expect um, for how, how, what size or shape their placenta is. It's essentially kind of like a really, really big pancake, kind of like um, the size of a dinner plate. And there's a fetal side and and a maternal side. So in addition to that pancake, um, 
there is there's the amniotic sac. So most of the time, I can actually kind of hold up the placenta and recreate um, the bubble where that baby lived in for 10 months as the baby was kind of swimming and growing. So it's kind of interesting to see what that first home was like for the, for the baby. Right. Um, so now, Nova, this is kind of an interesting question that I have for you. Um, but I've been asked by some people if placenta encapsulation is a form of cannibalism. So I'm curious to hear what you would say to someone asking you that question. I have been asked that question before. Um, The actual definition of cannibalism is um, eating the flesh or internal organs of of another human. So it's actually, um, you would be consuming your own placenta. Um, So I don't I don't consider it cannibalism. Um, I also get asked the question, um, is placenta consumption appropriate if you're a vegetarian or or a vegan, since the, you know, the placenta is a meat product. So um, if a mom was a vegetarian or vegan, would it be appropriate? And so I don't, I don't ever try and talk anyone into um, consuming their, their placenta, but I have had um, quite a few vegan and vegetarian moms, um, you know, make an exception um, because they felt that this was important enough. And like you said, it's an uh, organ that our body produces specifically for the sole purpose of sustaining the fetus during pregnancy. Right. And then it discards itself, essentially, because right. it detaches from the uterine wall and is birthed either by cesarean or through the vagina. And then kind of just gets thrown to the wayside or in the trash or um, however someone chooses to dispose of it. So, I mean, I guess in reality, it's kind of just there for... It's temporary. It's, it's a temporary, temporary organ, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, it's temporary. A, so has a, what it, it yeah. served its like a fit, purpose. A Forty-two weeks life, or whatever you know they yeah. say. Yeah. So it's not really taking something away, more so just using something that's going to get discarded, no matter what you do with it. Right. I don't know. That's just kind of how. It's not I like cutting off it. your arm and eating it. Or no, something. I certainly <laughs> wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> no, no, no. That no. would be. Just, it won't regrow. By that the way. would not regrow. No. Yeah. No. Like doesn't swamp, matter how many babies you swamp have. Swamp thing or something. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, and now what research or information is available to moms considering placenta encapsulation? We do, do we do have information about what hormones are available in the placenta. Um, and we've talked about about some of those. And there are re, there is research being done all the time. There's a, a big study right now. Um, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas is doing a big one, and we're we're waiting on that research. Um, it's as far as scientific research, it's something that. Um, you know, that's an, a, a, a common thing that I hear from my clients like, well, the doc, you know, my doctor says there's not, not a lot of research. It's going to be a tough one, I think, to, to again, measure um, some of these benefits because every um, postpartum recovery is different. Every, um, you know, every baby is different. I think if a mom is is struggling to decide if this is also right for her, um, besides talking to other moms, um, I do, I, I think if she's kind of on the fence, if it's either she's not really sure if she can wrap her, her mind around eating it or if it's a financial concern, I always do recommend if, if she's on the fence to take her placenta home with her and place it in the freezer because she can decide to um, consume or encapsulate it at a later time. It doesn't have to be immediately after after the birth, but once your placenta is gone, to um, of course it's treated as biohazard material. If you don't want to take it home, then uh, you know you can't get it back. So I do recommend taking it home and putting it in the freezer if she is is still on the fence. 
Thank you so much, Nova, for chatting with us today about placenta encapsulation. For our Newbies Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of the show as Nova will share about when placenta encapsulation would not be recommended. For more information about our Newbies Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's a question from one of our listeners. This comes from Gabby Castro, and Gabby writes, Hi, my daughter is barely two months old, and she's already grown two teeth, and she's in a lot of pain. The only thing that seems to work is her pacifier, yet she still can't quite grip it. Any tips or advice? Hi, Gabby. This is Dr. Tara Zanfleet here in San Diego. Well, I'm not sure if you mean two individual bottom teeth, that your daughter is growing, or two whole sets of teeth, but I'll answer for both. Babies can actually be born with teeth. Louis XIV, King Louis XIV was reportedly born with teeth, and if they are solid in the mouth and they're not wiggly, they can stay, and the rest will come in naturally. Teeth do not have a proper time to come in, but they usually come in between two months and 10 months old, with the average at six months. In terms of two whole sets of teeth, it is rare, but some children have two sets of baby teeth, either one grows right behind the other and they erupt at the same time or they lose one set and then grow what everyone thinks is their permanent set but then it loosens and falls out too in the preteen years when their real permanent teeth come in. If one is right behind the other, one of the sets of teeth needs to be pulled later on to help with the permanent teeth coming in. They call this shark teeth for the obvious reasons. Now teething itself can be pretty rough on some children causing mild fevers, congestion, irritation, crying, and sleepless nights all around. The most helpful is to have them bite on pretty much anything. This puts pressure on the gums from above, and it evens out the pressure that the teeth are putting on the gums from below. Amber teething necklaces are pretty as well as useful, but be aware of the choking risk of necklaces, so always monitor them. Cold is the other key. Anything cold on the gums helps. You can try freezing a wet washcloth or refrigerate the teething toys, frozen grapes or other fruit in a netted bag, or even a, in a piece of knotted cheesecloth is good too when they're older. When they're so little like your little one, they can't hold on to these things by themselves, so it's labor-intensive for mom. But they do love your fingers. If your baby is really agitated and cannot settle down to eat or sleep, you can use about one ounce of chamomile tea without any sweetener. No more than one ounce a day, but it has a wonderful calming effect on your child. You can even soak that frozen washcloth in chamomile tea, then freeze it. Herbal topical gels and creams can numb the gums, and some homeopathic remedies are a really nice choice as well. Natural topical remedies can include the old one from grandma, ground cloves made into a paste with either butter, unsalted, or water and used sparingly. Or you could use ground ginger with water. Well, I hope this helps for your little one. Thanks. Bye-bye. That wraps up the show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, 
Parent Savers for Moms and Dads with Infants and Toddlers, The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed, and Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media Production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.